Welcome to the Fandom Meta Show with your host, Anthony Ergo, aka Ruin the Man Baby. Ruin Johnson here, also known as Anthony Ergo, and this is another episode of the Fandom Meta Show, but this is a special live edition. We are coming at you all live on YouTube, and I have a very special guest with me today. He is a man who goes by the famous moniker of Itchy Baka. You'll know him from his Disney Star Wars, his dumb blog. He writes for Bleeding Fool, and you know he's what well, he's a legend of the Fandom Menace. So let's welcome him to the show, Itchy Baka. Welcome to the Fandom Menace show. Good evening, good morning, wherever you are. We are going right out around the globe. And uh, yeah, we were just chatting before we started actually saying how many guests I've already had from different parts of the world. And you're tucked away in uh, the Windy City, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I hope that's not classed as doxing you, by the way, because no. you're, <laughs> you're a wanted man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's up on my Indiegogo. So it's, it's already out there. So we'll let look. Let's get into that straight away because it's why I wanted to have you on, and it's also why I thought you know let let's go live with this because you know th this is uh, a huge project for you. It's uh, it's a book basically, and you are into the last what sort of ten days or so now of your Indiegogo campaign. Yeah, ten days left to the Indiegogo. Wow. So we need to. Um, we need to get everyone behind this campaign. Just go to Ichibaka, at Ichibaka, obviously on Twitter. You all know him. Go to his blog. You'll find the details. I'll post it, obviously, in the in the notes and the podcast notes. But uh, if I could do a pitch on your behalf, Ichi, because... Oh, I, by I, all I, means. <laughs> if you would allow me, because I've been thinking about this, and we are in a very unique time for the Star Wars fandom. And... In maybe 5, 10, 20 years even, we'll all look back on this time, the time of the sequel trilogy and the division and the fandom and all the chaos yeah. and uproar and everything that went along with it. It's a yeah. really unique time. And your book basically will document that time. And it will cover, because I've been following your blogs, I'm a massive fan, it will cover all those little things that you often forget about, you know, we'll all remember the big things. We'll all remember the Chuck Wendig meltdowns and, you know, all, all, all the rest of it. But it's some yeah. of the little things that you'll forget. And you've documented every one of these. So just for those who aren't aware, and I'm sure a lot of people are, but just tell them exactly what to expect in this uh, this book of yours. Well, um, I'm going to be writing it according to the phases of the Geeker Gate. So it's really going to be kind of a manual based on strategies and tactics that they used in the Star Wars IP and that they've used in other IPs as well. Every, a lot of people are familiar with Gamergate and Comicsgate. And this actually happened years ago uh, in Battlestar Galactica fandom uh, during the Battlestar remake period. The exact same stuff happened from about 2000 to 2004. Right. Um, so at any rate, I'm going to be organizing the narrative according to the Geekergate, showing it how it happened in each of the phases. And uh, hopefully it'll be useful as a kind of a guide uh, for when it happens again in another IP. And it will. Yeah, I mean, someone actually in, in the comments has described it really well. They've said it's um, they're definitely buying your book, and it's a time capsule for their grandchildren of how Disney Disney ruined Star Wars. And uh, really, that, that sums it up really nicely. But I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you're doing this because, like I said, I've been following your blog. I, I've been following you for, well, it's, as long as I've been doing this damn thing, you know, when I created the the Ruin the Man Baby account shortly after the Last Jedi, you know, you yeah. were one of the, the 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 really the the hardcore who I followed and who I really related to because I realized, oh wow, there's other people who are out there who feel the same as I do. And you know, you don't pull any shots, you don't suffer fools gladly. You tell it as it is, and I've always related to that. But what I normally do when when we start this show, and I normally ask people about the background with Star Wars, but what mm -hmm. I'm really yeah. interesting with you is 
where did it start for you with the whole the fandom menace and and whole itchy backer account oh gosh um well um you know i saw well let's start with the announcement that disney was purchasing lucasfilm i was actually optimistic uh because when it came to the prequels, there were aspects of it that I enjoyed, particularly the art design, uh, which I think is outstanding work. Uh, but I recognize that there are some issues with it, primarily in the narrative and the dialogue, um, but still they're overall enjoyable. And I've thought, well, you know, Disney's doing a pretty good thing with Marvel. Mm. So, you know, it stands to reason they'll probably do a decent thing with Star Wars. And so I was pretty optimistic. Then I saw The Force Awakens <laughs> and I was so disappointed. Um, it was so it was dull. It was the art design uh, was cannibalistic. I tend to call it because it essentially had 40 year old Ralph McGuire leftovers you know, yeah. uh, it just kind of warmed up and this whole Mary Sue stuff. I wasn't familiar with the term Mary Sue at the time, but I, I recognized exactly the traits of it, you know, instantly. And it, it was, it was empty fluff, but it was harmless. Kind of shrugged my shoulders and remarked a little bit about it on the IMDB uh, boards before they took those away. And then The Last Jedi came out. And that's really when I became Phantom Menace, probably. <laughs> um, you know, I I sat in that theater. I knew we were in trouble as soon as the jokes happened in the beginning. Um, but when when uh, Rose Tico was given her social justice lectures, I just became infuriated. Um, and otherwise, through the rest of it, I was kind of bored. I just wish I had brought a book so I would have something to do. Um, I got out of the theater and I started seeing videos pop up. First, it was the Amazing Lucas and then SC Reviews yeah, um, and then a whole host of others. But uh, I just started this blog because everywhere I would go to express my opinion, they would either redact my opinion or ban me out, you know, just outright. Yeah. So I said, the hell with this. I'm just going to start a blog and. I really didn't expect anything to come of it. I thought I'd post, you know, a dozen opinion pieces and be done. But the stupid things just kept coming. <laughs> it's it's a rich, uh, like rich source of material, day. isn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So what, what I love about your blog, and again, for the people who are not familiar, and how can you not be, it's Disney Star Wars is dorm. You'll, you'll find it if you just Google it, Chewbacca, or find the link via his, uh, his Twitter page. Um, what I love about it is you, you control that blog. You're not relying like we do on Twitter, who can really control what's being said. You know, they can suspend people for the slightest of reasons. All right. Um, or, or YouTube, where you know you can be again demonetized or or, or downgraded, you know, and the, but you you've got control over every word you put on that page and that blog, and it's it's you directly to your readers. And yeah. as as a writer, as an author, I I actually really relate to that format. So yeah, I've loved what you've done. I can't wait for the book. And yeah, that was I, that was one of the considerations too. You know. Um, certain people gravitate towards certain media forms. Some people like mm. videos, some people prefer podcasts, but some people prefer reading and nobody was really doing long form articles. So I figured I'd, I'd do that. You know, that was a consideration too. Well, if you don't mind, um, I want to give people a taste of what they can expect if they go on to, to your blog. Um, <laughs> sure. And it, 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 it kind of, it, it it tracks right back to the Force Awakens, so yeah. I'm, I'm only literally going to quote a couple of lines because I want everyone to go and read the full thing. And and they're a nice length as well, actually. They're really, you know, a, a nice concise uh, review. So going back to your review of the Force Awakens, yeah, and you've got this great ability to kind of sum it up in one line. So so your headline for the Force Awakens was awful nostalgia dependent fanfic. And then your your little subtitle, heavy on nostalgia, light on substance. 
this film had so many problems that the sequel trilogy now has the potential to make the prequel trilogy look like the original trilogy. And yeah, you mentioned it just didn't do it for you, The Force Awakens. No, it didn't. Um, and it was, my reaction was immediate. I know a lot of folks um, liked it, you know, and that, that's perfectly fine. Um, I know it was appealing to see Harrison Ford back in action again as Han Solo. So I think that kind of entertained mm. a lot of people. Um, but outside of that, it was just, it was just kind of tiresome and a big shoulder shrug, but it wasn't offensive in the way that the last Jedi was, you know, it was mostly harmless. And... Yeah, I, that's fair. I mean, I, I've, I've said a few times um, to previous guests and on, on various videos and so on that I, uh, I actually like the force awakens when I come out mm -hmm. hands in the air. I'm, I'm admitting it, but um, I, on reflection, I do admit that I was, I was heavily caught up in that wave of nostalgia um, yeah, you know, and looking back, you, could, you, you, you know, I, I knew it wasn't perfect at the time, but I guess I forgave the, uh, you know, some of the, some of the obvious copying of of a new hope and and a lot of the, yeah, um, yeah, just a lot of the playing for nostalgia. I kind of forgave that side of it. Yeah, um, and like you, it was only really w with the the Last Jedi that I really just lost complete faith, but. In between that, we had Rogue One, and again, if I can give you a little synopsis, you said uh, for Rogue One, who would have thought that a Star Wars film could be dreadfully dull? And the subtitle, <laughs> "Time yeah. for a good nap." <laughs> yeah, I so tried you, watching you, it twice, and I fell asleep both times. Really? It's just I just thought it was dull. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in your review, you mentioned just you know visually, you you, you thought it it was fine, but just the characters, the plot didn't do it for you at all. Yeah, visually, it really kind of nailed the original trilogy down. Uh, it really nailed it down. But, and the, you know, the 42nd sequence with Darth Vader was pretty neat, but everything around it was just, I, I would honestly be interested in seeing Gareth Edwards' uh, original cut if yeah. Disney would ever allow that out. I suspect it may be significantly better. Yeah, because the rumors we heard during the, 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 the shooting and the development of Rogue One is that it was going to be like this war film or, or maybe even a, right. you know, a war film slash heist film. And it sounded really interesting, but yeah, um, yeah we, we it, it was it was heavily um, edited and, and reshot. And, you know, we got scenes in the footage that never made the final uh, movie. And yeah, yeah you, it does leave you to wonder what might have been. Uh, and I guess we'll never know, but uh, but I have to say I liked Rogue One. I still do to this day. I think it's uh, out of the out of the all of the Disney movies. It's it's probably my favorite. I rewatched it recently and enjoyed it. So at this yeah. point, itchy, we are uh, we are miles <laughs> apart, but oh, we're about quiet. to be about to be brought together in perfect harmony because you know, a lot of we, folks like Rogue One. You know, it's it's yeah. actually a pretty popular movie. Yeah, it, it is. And look, th this is the great thing. We can have a conversation. You didn't like something. I did. But it's cool. Um, and oh, yeah. I, I think this is what the, the big misconception with the fandom menace and all the people in, in the chat. And, you know, they'll know exactly what I mean. We all get tarred at the same brush. We're all called haters and man babies and racists and the rest of it. Yeah. Um, it's it's ridiculous, you know. We, we've we've all got it different is. opinions, and we can have these conversations and agree and disagree, and and have a bit of fun with it, and that's all it is. But the one thing we all generally agree on, and I'm getting to working my way towards it, the Last Jedi. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> so boy. your your review of the Last Jedi, um, <laughs> an incoherent fanfic mess. <laughs> and for many, the last straw, which is a beautiful way of summing it up. And at, at that point, did, did we see the the unleashing of Itchy Backer? Was that the moment where you really let rip on Disney Star Wars? I I was irritated that Disney uh, that I that I was fooled into paying for this you know this propaganda garbage. Uh, I would have asked for my money back, but I had respect for the theater owner. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to put them out, but um, it was, it was just, you know, it's a bad movie is one thing, but then to subject you to this moronic political propaganda 
is just, it's not just a waste of time. It's insulting, you know? Um, I just, I, I just, I, it infuriated me. And uh, so and when I started seeing people talking on YouTube and stuff and SC reviews primarily was the one who was responding to all these ridiculous feminist articles, these think pieces. And I, I wanted to have my own voice. I wanted to respond with my own thoughts. And so that's when I started the blog. Yeah, SC Reviews, actually, and I'd love to get him on here at one time if we can make that happen. But he was one of the first guys I came across on YouTube in the in yeah. the kind of week or, or so after The Last Jedi where I was kind of just in a bit of a tailspin thinking, what what the hell did I just see? You know, trying yeah. to make sense of it. And just, I'm kind of wondering, did I just not get it? You know, I mean, it, yeah. you hear all the, the figures it's doing, it's making money. You see all the critics' reviews, the critics seem to love it. But then I go on YouTube and I see someone like SC Reviews telling it as it is and, and you know, yeah. fantastic stuff. And then obviously all the others, you know, Ethan and Jeremy and, and the whole host of YouTubers and many of whom, by the way, you are their go-to source for breaking news. I mean, what's that like <laughs> what when, you, when you see all these YouTube videos and, and, and they're going through your articles? That must be a bit of a kick. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun. Um, but you know, the, the most important thing is that the stories get out there. Um, you know, I'm more concerned with ideas, um, as opposed to my personal self, I'm more interested in ideas. Um, so that's really where I like to focus things. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to see that. And, um, when I first started emailing SC reviews, some of my blog posts, you know, he would, he would do them once in a while. I used to refrain from sending him stuff that was too political because mm. I had gone through this mess before with Battlestar. So I knew what was happening, but I used to refrain from sending him political stuff because at that time he was not really interested in politics. Um, and it wasn't until much later that he started, you know, it's, it's like you get dragged into all this whole SJW stuff. And, uh, once you see it, it's it's one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know, and it's a it's a serious problem. Yeah, it, the one thing that really frustrated me actually is the, the creeping politics and agenda in Star Wars, and the thing that often gets quoted back to us is, "Oh, well, George Lucas was making a reference to the Vietnam War and blah blah blah." Mm -hmm. Okay, he might have been, but it wasn't. It was it was subtle, and it was a you know, may, maybe an inspiration for a story he was telling, but that's where it ended. But mm -hmm. what we are getting now are overt political messages. You know, yeah. we are getting ridiculous subplots and, you know, capitalism is bad and save yeah. the horses and, um, you know, every male character being ridiculed to make female characters look strong and independent, which is... Yeah certainly not the way to do it you know and and he's ryan johnson what he did he's he's doing no service at all to feminism no, because he's really not, not he's not creating interesting female characters he's creating he's, 2d cardboard yeah, characters right he's unintentionally creating barbarella is essentially <laughs> what he's doing in other kind of b exploitation films he's not creating ellen ripley or sarah connor you know which no, is an entirely I mean, different thing. Yeah, and if you look at, at those characters and you pick two great ones, yeah. you know, when you think of their, their arcs, what they go through, the adversity, these are the things which make them strong. Um, it's not just giving someone <laughs> unlimited powers right off the bat yeah. and, and, and she never loses in, in any situation. Um, you don't relate to characters like that. And yeah. I don't know why people go and see it. I, I don't know either, you know, um, with regards to the politics and that, that response we get, I actually mm. wrote a blog post about it called uh, Politics in Star Wars. And, um, you know, there, there's what they say, you know, you've, you've, you've kind of laid out a lot of their arguments. Um, but we have to remember that, you know, when you listen to George Lucas in his interviews and he talks about how he hated the studio system and he wanted to get out from under it, 
one of the reasons is because he was supervised, right? So he probably really wanted uh, Return of the Jedi and, and the rest of it to be a Vietnam hippie protest piece. But I suspect the older people running the studio, folks who are probably from the greatest generation, probably put a little bit of brakes on him from doing that entirely. And that's why when he had complete control in the prequels, we kind of saw the real George Lucas, you know? Yeah. He was was unshackled really, wasn't he? You know, and he he got to tell his story and, and look, I wasn't the biggest fan of the prequels when they come out. I certainly look back more fondly on them now, but, um, you know, whatever the problems, whether it was, you know, the overuse of CGI, um, he was telling a, a great story he was telling an interesting yeah. story um, and there was there was always politics in it like they say but these were large scale politics that happened in civilizations throughout mm. you know the 6000 years of recorded human history it's not just orange mad bad and you know this very shallow stuff these are very large scale concepts that apply to all of human history really um, not just a certain specific political trend going on in a single decade, you know, and for me, that's kind of the, the difference. It is. And, you know, George, um, he, he loves his, you know, his legendary tales, um, you know, it's kind of ancient Greek, or you know, the, the, the real classics, yeah. you know, he, he yeah. loves that hero's journey. And they, like you say, the, the, the big themes but mm-hmm. today's it's 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 micro politics and it's it's over. It's not subtle. It's in your face. It is. There's, you there's know, an agenda there. You know, they wear the t-shirt saying, "Yeah, ask us about our feminist film agenda." Right. <laughs> right. I I made a comment on a stream the other day about this about how, you know, they're you know the people who had made the original trilogy they had interests like military history and mysticism and mm. mythology and and you know, culture and all this stuff. Whereas the people making it today, their interests are gender and skin color. And that's it really. And so they wrap that, they wrap the facade of Star Wars around that. And so you have this very shallow, literally skin deep um, IP now. And it's kind of amusing because, you know, Yoda in Empire Strikes Back said, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. And yet, the people making it now are focusing on the crude matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. And, and, you know, they, they seem to think that the only way they can get girls relate, relating to a Star Wars character is to give them this female version of themselves. You know, you've got to create an archetype for each member of society. Nothing could be further than the truth. You take a character like Luke Skywalker Everyone relates to Luke Skywalker because they're not relating yeah. to him because he's a young male, white male, and so on. They are relating to his traits as a character. You right. know, this this farm boy who, who who wants to get away, who wants the adventure. You know, who wants to break out. This tale of kind of uh, you know coming of age. All these big themes. That's what people relate to. It's not. Oh, we need this type of ethnicity or this type of uh, gender to represent this section of people. What are they doing? <laughs> what yeah. are they doing? Well, and you know, the the women who were interested in Star Wars, and there are plenty, you know, people like Jesse Milestone and that Star Wars girl and Mecca 40, Mecca Random, um, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, they're interested in it the way it was. They're interested in those kinds of war stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you change it, they're not going to like it either, you know. Um, and you end up losing. You try to please everyone, and you end up pleasing no one, as they say. Of course, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and another good example, and she's in the chat, which is why I want to name drop it. Is um, is Stephanie B. Yogi by the oh, Fly? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. my last guest uh, on the the Fandom Menace show, and she told a great story. For those who haven't listened to that episode, please go back and check out. Fantastic. She told a great story of how she related to. Well, to Luke, of course, because at that time she was moving away from home. So it was a similar kind of, you know, the agony of leaving your your home area and to go into, you know, on a journey which is yeah. unfamiliar. But she also related to, to Darth Vader, 
you know, and and, and that character and that storyline, and you know, it's so, yeah, it's it. They they just get it all wrong, and it's so frustrating. Um, yeah. But I want to I want to talk about something now because you very kindly alerted me to your latest blog post not long before we went live. So, oh, yeah. um, I don't know if how familiar everyone is, but. Um, yeah, do you want to sort of give us the uh, give us the scoop itchy? I get my own live itchy backer scoop. I'm so excited. So it's uh, <laughs> it's regarding Bob Iger's book, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much of a scoop this is for me. I've I've gotten tips from uh, about a half dozen people that I have on the bottom of the blog post. It's it's going around all day today, um, okay. so it's swirling around out there. But it was posted on Reddit, and apparently it's coming from a book by Bob Iger. It's some kind of biography and in it, he touches upon the beginning stages of Disney's ownership of Star Wars and how they started to produce it. And he kind of lets out of the bag that Lucas was not happy with any of it. Mm -hmm. He was upset that they weren't using his, uh, his stories, his outlines. Um, And he complained that there was nothing new um, there's no, what does he say here? There weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward. Um, so he was not happy with it at all. Um, and you know, kind of thinking back to when, when the sale happened, he was making those comments about white slavers that everyone is talking about. And now, now it's starting to become clear about what he was talking about. <laughs> he was not a happy camper, you know, so for those who don't know, um, George, when this when this sale happened, George gave them, as part of the sale, uh, an outline for three movies. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. He, he gave them treatments for the sequel trilogy, mm. or at least one film. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, if he right. gave them for the other two, but at, for at least one, he gave well, them that- a trilogy. Treatment. So, so they decided to buy that as part of the package, but crucially, they didn't make any commitments as to whether they would put that on screen or run with it. Yeah. Uh, I think they they said, "Well, of course, we'll we'll take your creative input, George." But yeah, they didn't make any commitment, and then lo and behold, you know, they they put together this story group made of yeah. various people, and uh, they basically chucked the the George Lucas treatment out the window and and yeah. and went with a, a rehash of A New Hope, essentially. And and I think Bob in the article, Itchy, you, you I think you quote the section from Bob's book where he explains why they took that approach. You know, they wanted to yeah. bridge the original trilogy and the new trilogy, and I get that, but. There was an opportunity there to, to do something um, based well, were, on George's vision, you know. There were other things going on around at the time that Iger doesn't mention here. Um, you know, as as fans, we only get a small part of the story. We, we There's no way for us to know everything that went on. But there was quite an effort just prior to The Force Awakens of distancing themselves from George because of the prequels. You know, they didn't want mm. to they didn't want to be associated with that. And that's one of the reasons a lot of people feel that they defaulted to this kind of original trilogy light uh, facade that they had. Um, in fact, you know, they were J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy were joking about Jar Jar and Ewoks. So they weren't going to have it in there and all that kind of stuff was going on at the time. Mm. You know, so they are they were trying to distance themselves away from from uh, the prequel trilogy. At least that's what a lot of the articles reporting at the time were saying. How much truth there is in that, who knows? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, you could almost argue. And again, I've I've revisited the Force Awakens a few times. I've rewatched it, and definitely my enjoyment has waned. And I always say now, I I, I can never enjoy it knowing what comes next, as in The Last <laughs> Jedi. You know, that's completely ruined it. But yeah. you could almost say it was it was almost a reboot. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. obviously, because it, you know, it followed on the story of Han Solo. But but in a lot of ways, it, it kind of was. You know, it was this kind of soft reboot of, it was. of Star Wars. It was, it was a soft reboot. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Damn. 
Okay, well, this this <laughs> there's one other thing I want to talk to you about because you are so heavily involved in in the fandom. Um, you know, you you pull no punches when it comes to the uh, the SJW mobbed and that. Um, but I've just noticed something, and it's it's really topical because I've noticed two people uh, today who've kind of stepped away, certainly from from Twitter, due to. Um, I, I guess you could call it sort of, you know, hateful comments and things like that. So yeah. uh, the people yeah. I'm referring to, they won't mind me mentioning them. Um, Indy, Indy N, Cognito and Drunk 3 yeah. Joe, both, both yeah. within the last 24 hours have kind of made public statements on Twitter that, look, we're, we're, we're walking away from this, we're backing away from it. Uh, Drunk, yeah. I think, is just taking a bit of a break. I think Indy sounded a little bit more permanent, actually. Um, yeah. I'm I'm sad to see them do that because they're both people I I follow and I, I enjoy um, you know reading the tweets and interacting with. But what do you, what do you make? What do you make of stuff like this? What do you make of what's going on with the fandom? I mean, it, it seems as though it's more divided than ever. Well, it's well, it's exhausting. It really is. You know, mm. I mean, you've got a franchise here that's really no longer fun or interesting uh, on any level. The, the most entertaining stuff is coming from the antics out of Lucasfilm representatives. Um, it's more entertaining than anything they're producing officially. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when you're constantly berated and then you got these mobs of SJWs that just, you know, assault people verbally, you know, or whatever, you know, it can start to wear on a person, you know, um, they're just relentless and they're ignorant and they're savage. You know, they really are literally just savages. Um, they are most of the time, they don't understand the definitions of the words they're typing out. I mean, they're just that stupid. Um, and they don't understand why they're that stupid, you know, and in the, most cases, it's not their fault. It's the fault of their educators, you know, but they get angry at you when you point that out to them when really they should be getting angry at their educators <laughs> for screwing yeah, it, over. Yeah, I, I, you, you do have to wonder about the intelligence of these people and some of the things they come out with. I mean, I think I, I, I very rarely um, repost or, or retweet or, or screenshot a lot of the abuse directed my way. And I, I can take it, you know, I, I did this whole ruin the man baby stick as, as a bit of yeah. fun. It was my way of just, you know, kind of getting my feelings about The Last Jedi out there and, and doing yeah, it in a, yeah. with a bit of humor and a bit of satire. But inevitably, and in fact, Itchy, I think maybe we wind up the SJWs <laughs> maybe as much as anyone within the fandom menace. We, we are on so many block lists, you wouldn't believe. Oh, I know, I know. You know, they, they want to be able to say anything they want about you without you ha being able to respond or clarify or correct. You know, and that's why they block you. I mean, blocking on Twitter doesn't have much of an effect because the person who blocks you can't see you, but everybody else can. So it's like sitting in a restaurant <laughs> yeah. and putting a paper bag over your head. I mean, everybody's still around you. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in some ways where you see people replying and then you can't see the tweet because you've blocked them it, in some ways it, it it makes it more intriguing what's being said and, and you know yeah. you, you know it, it's almost drawing more attention to it but yeah hey that's that that's how it works but look i want to do something a little bit different with you itchy because yeah. um what i thought is I'd, I'd, I'd put a tweet out there we've got some people in the chat and before we get into the uh the infamous man baby challenge i just want to fire some questions at you if that's okay from from the people on twitter and some of the people oh, in the sure. chat are you cool with that oh yeah totally excellent okay because we've had some good ones i uh like i said i put a tweet out there earlier so let me see what the good people of Twitter have come back with. Okay. So question from a uh, fandom menace girl um, who edits my podcast, by the way. So shout out to her. Um, and uh, she's come up with a nice bit of wordplay for you. She said, what's the dumbest thing about Disney Star Wars? Brackets, see what I did there. So a little well, bit of wordplay on your, your blog book. That's got to be a hard <laughs> one. How the hell did you pin it down to one thing? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Well, you know, really the dumbest thing 
is their failure to create a legitimate female protagonist. I mean, it's, it's not that difficult. It's been done many times before. And then even dumber than that is how they, they act like it's the first time it's ever done. It's such a bizarre thing. You know, they act like this is some great civil rights stride, but there have been leading female protagonists for 40 years or more in genre film and television. I mean, it's really nothing new. Um, in fact, really, the sequel trilogy represents a reversion to all those old B movies, you know, where they had the girl running around doing silly stuff and the guys are rolling their eyes at it, you know. And that's really, um, you know, it's a shame because it it kind of ruins the female protagonist, um, you know. Ellen, Ellen Ripley, Sarah Connor made such great strides in film back in the day, but you know, the stuff they're producing now is just terrible. <laughs> and that's really, that's really the dumbest thing. I think, you know, acting, acting like it's a great civil rights stride when in fact it's been done many times over for decades. Yeah, learn some goddamn history, people. Um, yeah. <laughs> well done, man. Okay, I've got another one for you. This is from um, Maura JD. She said, ask him for his top three Star Wars shills. <laughs> um, you know, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't pay too much attention to the shills. Um, Look at you. I, I I tend to only concern myself with Lucasfilm representatives. I pay attention to the shills when they're connected to Lucasfilm directly somehow, like which was suggested with Jason Ward for a while. Okay. Um, you know, but I guess Brian Young is considered a, a shill, but technically he's not because he works for the company. You know, he does writing for them. Um but you know, outside of that, I don't pay too much attention. Like like Steel, I really, I, I don't pay too much attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, they're really uninteresting people. You know? Oh, so. these guys. I mean, yeah. The the other thing I want to clarify, not that we've got any SJWs listening who are going to bother to learn anything, but when we say shills, we use the term very broadly. They they often try and pick us up and say, oh, we're, you know, we're not paid for writing this, that, and the other. Well, you you might not be paid directly from Disney, but there are undoubtedly certain privileges afforded for writing positive reviews or producing sure. positive video content and the time yeah. we got to see it is when galaxy's edge launched and did you notice the amount of people who got those advanced previews oh, in galaxy yeah. edge it's all the names you just mentioned it's, yeah. it's brian young it's steel saunders it's star wars explained it's all these people so they may not be given a handed checks from disney but they certainly get privileges for uh, you know, the opinions, the, the approved opinions they provide. Um, but, yeah, uh, okay. That, definitely incentives, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, question from Marky Granmoff Chelmo. Do you think the Mandalorian will be a turning point for Disney Star Wars? You know, it's it's hard to say. The, the proof will be in the pudding, ultimately. Um, but I, I don't have much hope. Um, you know, there were some articles written um, a couple years ago that were speculating that this show might be based on a Wendig character. Wendig mm -hmm. recently came out and said he has nothing denied involvement in it, um, which may be the case. But even if he's not directly involved, they may still be using his character. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, seeing seeing the, the gentleman who plays the one Imperial officer giving a, a little political lecture in one of the interviews, you know, this is how it's going to go. Uh, Pedro Pascal is another Wendig. If you read his Twitter, he is yes. nuts. Yes, I've noticed uh, that. I, I tweeted about this not so long back, actually. He, he, he's been known to have a few political meltdowns, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, added on top of all that, you have the fact like I was mentioning earlier, the people who are making the product now are concerned with skin color and genitalia and that's it. So the people who are working on it don't have the ability or the talent or the wisdom that it takes to produce 
um, compelling material. You know, it's just not the talent just isn't there. Mm. So the short answer is no. <laughs> you no. don't, you know, you're not hopeful for the Mandalorian. No, no. no. I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Um, okay, we've got another question. Um, tweets are trash. Uh, okay, it's a long one. It's a long one. I'm going to read it out. Based on how famously, famously secretive and NDA-reliant past Lucasfilm projects have been, yet how insanely accurate the Endgame leak proved to be, how much of the final release version of Episode Nine do you believe has actually been revealed? So I guess he's referring to the rather extensive Reddit leaks that we've seen. Yeah. You know, the leaks have been going on for quite some time. Mm. And I wonder if they're being deliberately pushed out. They're deliberately leaked, um, deliberately fabricated. Um, and one potential reason for doing that is if you send out a bunch of, a, a ton of leaks over time and each one is a different story, then it kind of protects what the real story is, right? Because even the real story is just another mm -hmm. potentially fake leak. And so it kind of helps obfuscate what might really happen in the movie mm. um, to try to kind of keep that under wraps. Um, I'm not sure anyone really cares, though. <laughs> well, you know, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I'm noticing more and more just this growing apathy. Oh, yeah. You know, and that is the worst thing. I mean, we had the fallout from The Last Jedi and the split in the fandom, but at least people were talking about it and were being passionate. Now mm -hmm. it feels like there's this shift towards, well, we just don't care anymore. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Yeah. that's I think so ap dangerous. Apathy has crept into the general audience, and, and mm. that's why that's why I predict you know Episode nine will do less than Solo. I'll probably be wrong. Wow. But that's my prediction because I do see this apathy. I've seen, uh, I wrote a blog post about it, about why I made that prediction. And I kind of laid out all my reasons, just seeing the diminished interest, falling sales. Um, you know, the writing is on the wall. And, uh, you know, some people don't want to believe it, but, uh, you know, you just, you see it all the time. People just kind of shrugging their shoulders. Um, you know, you used to see in advance of a Star Wars movie, you used to see like little widgets of clock down, counting clock down, you know, the days and hours and minutes. And yeah. you don't see that as much anymore. You know, the, the, the anticipation, the excitement is just not there. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I wonder, is a lot of that down to the fact that hardcore fans such as you and I now I was born the year that the first Star Wars movie came out you actually went to see it in the in the, the cinema is that right yeah yeah so, so I mean this goes back decades to you and you know when you when you and me too and, and when you've got real hardcore fans like us who are just just losing the will um it's a real bad sign yeah, um, it's it's hard. It's hard for I think for younger folks really to understand the impact that the first movie really had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nowadays it's considered the franchise is considered. Uh, you know, kind of I don't know what the word is for it. Kind of um, well, a, a movie about space wizards with laser swords, as they say. <laughs> you know, yeah. but when it was released, it was considered almost dark and gritty. It was considered a gritty take on the old Flash Gordon serials. And yes. because of the, the concept of the used universe, primarily, uh, which really hadn't been seen too much before. You know, science fiction films before that were always showing this futuristic, polished, perfect world. And then along came Star Wars, and it looked realistic. Yeah. You know, that that's one of the reasons it was so impactful. Yeah, you're right. You are so right. Well, look, we have reached the part in the show where, as Anthony Ergo, I step away and I introduce you to a uh, certain round-headed, notorious man known as Ruin the Man Baby. Ichibaka, are you ready to meet Ruin and face the Man Baby Challenge? I suppose I am. It's time for the 
Man Baby Challenge. Hello, Man Babies. Our Ruin Johnson here with his rolling oars. And today we have Itchy Backer. Now, um, Itchy, my friend Pablo has been telling, telling me you've been... Uh, Causing a little bit of bother for Pablo. Apparently, you photoshopped his head and you're popping out the top of his head, and he's he's rather upset. But uh, but he also he doesn't appear to be very impressed with the tribute video I made for him. I don't know why he didn't like my music video. Um, the sneaky picture of him with his top off and his hairy yeah. chest. But anyway, never mind. Oh, Pablo, I'm sure he's listening secretly. He's logged on under a fake pseudonym. But enough about Pablo. Itchy, I'm about to test your knowledge of The Last Jedi. Now, yeah. do you know how the man-baby challenge works, Itchy? No, I don't. Okay, let me explain, because you fandom menace, you're all very simple-minded, so let me set it out for you. The Man-Baby Challenge will test your knowledge of The Last Jedi. Now, I'm going to ask you ten questions, multiple choice, and the object is to get the answer wrong, because if you get the answer wrong, itchy, you will be a man-baby but if you get the answers right, you'll be a shill. And I'm sure you don't want to join the ranks of shills, do you? I would prefer not to. There we go. Okay. So, question one. Comp complete this Snoke line. Oh, no. I'm, I'm asking the wrong question. That was, uh, that was from the very first week. No, can't give you that one. Okay. Where are we? Okay, question one. How much screen time does R2-D2 have in my perfect Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi? Is it A, 4 minutes 25 seconds, or B, 1 minute 25 seconds? B, You 1 minute for, 25 seconds. You're going for B is the wrong answer? Yes. Or, no, the wrong answer would be A. You're going for A is the wrong answer. Is and it wrong is answer. the wrong answer. Well done, Itchy. You are 10% man baby. Um, uh, yes, uh, poor R2 only got barely a minute's worth of screen time in my movie. There yeah. we go. Uh, question two. Now, one of my favorite scenes. But where was it filmed? Where was Canto Bite filmed? Was it A, Dubrovnik? which I believe is in Croatia, or was it B, Tallinn, which is in Estonia? And I want the wrong answer from you, Mr. Baka. I have no idea. B? <laughs> You're going for B, Tallinn, Estonia. It's the wrong answer. Well done, Itchy. You've two for Good two. Deal. Good guess there, Itchy. Okay, number three. Which character did Hermione Caulfield play? Are you familiar with the name, uh, Itchy? No. No, no I am okay. not. You really I saw, should. Uh... I, saw, I saw the movie once, and it will never stain my retinas ever again. <laughs> that well, was enough. <laughs> maybe you should watch my director special on The Last Jedi, I'm sure you would enjoy it. Well, anyway, your options for Hermione Caulfield, is it A, Tally Lintra, or is it B, Paige Tico? Uh, the wrong answer is A. A is the correct answer, unfortunately. Oh, You've no. slipped slightly there, but not to worry. Yes, it, uh, it was Tally who who was played by Hermione. So moving on to four, who had more screen time? Was it DJ or Chewbacca, who's obviously a relation of yours? But who had more screen time in my movie? Was it A, DJ or B, Chewbacca? Oh, DJ. You're going for DJ. Oh, no, the, the wrong answer is DJ. 
DJ is the correct answer, unfortunately. <laughs> rather, rather insultingly, this uh, stuttering idiot had more screen time than the legendary Chewbacca. It is a sad fact. But uh, not to worry, Ichi, you're, you're still two from four. You can still finish more man baby than Shill. Question five. What was the name of the ship that DJ steals? Is it A, the Stratus, or B, the Libertine? They're not easy, these questions, are they? No, they are not. Especially when you've only seen my movie once. I mean, uh, I was very clear, Richie, that uh, you need to watch it multiple times to understand the nuances. I want to wipe it from my brain the <laughs> single time I watched it. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm at a loss. I don't know. Are you having a stab in the dark at this one? So you've got uh, the, the ship DJ steals it. A, the Stratus, or B, the Libertine. Oh, the Stratus is the wrong answer. The Stratus is indeed the wrong answer. Well done. Another one in the bag. It was called the Libertine. Okay, question six. Which Hollywood actor had a cameo as a stormtrooper in my perfect Star Wars movie? Was it A, Tom Hardy, or was it B, Daniel Craig? And I want the wrong answer from you. Hmm. Let's see. Here's a bit of a trick question, this one. All right. Say it one more time. Yes. So which Hollywood actor had a cameo as a stormtrooper in oh. The Last Jedi? Was it A, Tom Hardy, or B, Daniel Craig? Oh. It was uh, the wrong answer is Daniel Craig. You've gone for Daniel Craig. The chat yeah. room's going crazy. And Daniel Craig is the wrong answer. Well done, Itchy. That was a, a <laughs> bit of a sneaky question from old Roundhead because uh, Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens, which yeah. I know is one of yeah. your other favorite movies. Okay, you're doing well. You're four. And we are moving on to, uh, to question seven. Mark Hamill's children appear as extras in which scene? Is it A, Crate, or B, Canto Bite, affectionately known as Canto Shite by many of the fandom menace. <laughs> the wrong answer is oh, Crate. Well, remarkably, Crate is the correct answer. They were involved in the bunker, apparently. So uh, another slip, but not to worry, you're still veering towards the side of the man baby no room for error though itchy as we head into question eight what was the name of the alien played by warwick davies was it a would have been or is it b should have been <laughs> unbelievably one of these is actually correct <laughs> the wrong answer is should have been uh, B should have been is the wrong answer. Well done, Itchy. You're five now to guarantee your man baby status. You just need one more from the last two. Question nine What was the last Je Jedi's revenue drop from the first to the second weekend? Now, being the uh, blogger extraordinaire you are, I'm sure you may have an idea. Was it A, 44% or was it B, 69%? Oh, well, let me look it up on my blog. <laughs> he has his own goddamn encyclopedia. <laughs> well, you know, I'm like, I'm like Indiana Jones's dad. I got to write things down so I remember him. <laughs> Uh, for all the listeners, this is why you need to purchase Itchy's book. You too can be an encyclopedia of knowledge. Let's see here. The biggest. Yes, the percentage drop off. Uh, was it 44% or 69%? I 
rather disappointed there was any drop off. I mean, seventy-seven percent drop oh. is what I'm oh. saying here. So from from TFA. Ah, that from TFA. That comes from a Scott Mendelson article. So this is the uh, the drop off from weekend one to weekend two for the last Jedi. Oh. Yeah, so don't don't rely on that shill, Scott Mendelson. <laughs> uh, I know there was a big drop. I don't remember the percentage. Was it big or was it almighty? Is the consideration? And remember, I need the wrong answer: forty-four percent or sixty-nine percent. And some people being rather rude in the chat, saying it should have been a lot higher. Oh, I'm going to say 41%. You're going for A. Is the wrong answer correct? You've done it. You're you're right. It's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer was a humongous 69% drop off from weekend one to weekend two. I guess uh, everyone was just so stunned by my fantastic movie. They forgot to come to watch it again. Sorry about uh, that. I was I was looking for the answer and I couldn't find it. <laughs> but I knew I knew it was a big drop. Yeah. You did indeed. And finally, question 10. Chrome Dome is the name of a song on the official soundtrack for my movie. Is this true or false? Uh, the, the wrong answer is false. It is the wrong answer. Can you believe <laughs> there's a track called Chrome Dome? <laughs> I'm sure all you man babies have purchased the soundtrack and you all enjoy that particular rendition. So, Itchy, you yeah. did rather well, my friend. You scored a very, very confident 70% man baby. You are very- firmly firmly within the fandom menace uh no chance of being a shill i'm afraid itchy i won't be able to send you any tickets for galaxy's edge i'm so sorry but um if, if so i could get a uh if I get a signed copy of your book for pablo that would be much appreciated <laughs> goodbye itchy. ruin is departing and anthony will return Itchy, you did well, yeah. my man. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Seventy percent is a a uh, fine performance on essentially what is uh, a lot of guesswork, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, as I take on the mantle from Ruin, there is uh, there is one other bit of fun we need to do, and it's think all the Star Wars interview now um, because you're a similar generation to me. You might know the uh, the James Lipton yeah. actor studio interview. You know the one. Oh yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You know it. So this is my own version of it, obviously uh, with a Star Wars twist. So, Mister Itchy Baka, are you ready for your Star Wars interview? I am ready. Okay, here we go. And now it's time for the Star Wars interview. Itchy Baka, who is your favorite character? Ooh. Out of Star Wars or in general? Out of Star Wars. Darth Vader. Hmm. And who is your least favorite character? Probably Ray. <laughs> what yeah. is your favorite scene in the whole of Star Wars? I really like the space battles. Uh, probably the um, space battle in Return of the Jedi. Attack on the know. Death Star. Yeah. Nice. My favorite movie, by the way. And uh, what is your least favorite scene in the whole of Star Wars? Again, in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> there's, mm. there's a period right between um, where Leia meets Wicket. And when Lando arrives at the Death Star, that period in between just kind of drags, drags along like a stick in the mud. Breaking news for everyone. 
itchy backer likes Luke suckling from the breast of a sea creature <laughs> more than he does that scene in Return of the Jedi. Itchy, you have to hand back your fandom menace card. <laughs> it's over. Well, you know, it's, I, it's a little difficult. I, I honestly don't think of the sequel trilogy as Star Wars. So oh, I, you know, see, that's the trump card. So I, kinda, I give you that. I don't, I give I don't you that. go to it immediately. Yeah. That that is uh, completely understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Okay, what is your favorite weapon, ship, or vehicle? You can have any of those. By the way, I don't need one for each weapon, I ship, really, or vehicle. Really like the uh, Imperial shuttle. It's a really oh. great design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 white uh, with the I guess the wings that come down. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. I had that toy. Uh, what is your least favorite weapon, ship, or vehicle? Hmm. I don't know. Um, least <laughs> my least favorite weapon would be Rose Tico's cattle prod. <laughs> Unbelievably, we no one's answered with that so far. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what what poor child must open up a Rose Tico figure and the only accessory that comes with is this puny cattle prod. <laughs> such, oh. such an odd thing. It's yeah. So odd. yeah. Um, Itchy, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Empire Strikes Back. And what is your least favorite movie? Oh, The Last Jedi, if I got to go to the, the sequel <laughs> trilogy. Yeah, without question. Which Star Wars quote, phrase, or noise do you like the best? <sighs> Again, you can have any of those that you want. A quote, a phrase, a noise. Uh, and the noise is uh, the, the laser sounds. Really yeah. like the laser sounds yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, me too. Uh, what Star Wars profession would you like to attempt? Uh, the, well, beyond being I, a, uh, a an older Wookiee. <laughs> piloting a starship would probably be on the top, oh. of, my, top of my list. And what Star Wars profession would you not like to do? Uh, I would not like to be a janitor like Finn. <laughs> and that answer has cropped up uh, once or twice before. I think Stephen Wayne went for that option. Yeah, yeah. And before I go to my final question, I've just had this um, weird flashback. Oh, no, it's an X-Wing, isn't it? You know the, the clip in the holiday special where Itchy Baka himself is playing with a, a kind of wooden toy? Yeah, I actually yeah. thought for a second, was that the Imperial Shuttle? But I think it was the uh, the X-Wing, wasn't it? Oh, it was the X-Wing. Yeah. yeah, it was the X-Wing. Yeah, I just had to check your avatar. But I thought, yeah, wow. Was, <laughs> Imagine was, that was the... He was carving it out for Lumpy. That's it. Yeah. And if uh, <laughs> I tried watching that again recently, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't make it. I made <laughs> it. About, yeah. But <laughs> I, I like the Wookiee stuff. But yeah. Okay. And finally, mm -hmm. if Force Heaven exists... What would you like to hear Obi-Wan say when you become a Force ghost? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we're retconning the sequel trilogy. Oh. <laughs> tingles. You just sent tingles down everyone's spine. <laughs> Brilliant. Ichibaka, that was your Star Wars interview. Thank you. And that was excellent. Thank you, my friend. Well, look, this just about brings to the end of the show you've been an absolute awesome guest i'm so glad we did it live and i hope everyone who, who joined us appreciates it obviously it will also be available as a podcast on all the different platforms for the people listening live if you've not checked out the previous ones please go do it we have some great guests and we've got more great guests to come but before we wrap this one up itchy please tell everyone where they can find you obviously on twitter and you are an absolute must follow account um, you, there's your blog and also please tell them how they get their hands on your fantastic Indiegogo book. Sure. So, um, you can search for Disney star Wars is dumb through Google. I have a link to my Indiegogo right at the top of my blog. 
Um, you can go right to it and um, there it'll take you right to the Indiegogo. I actually just produced a second trailer for the book uh, that some of you might get a kick out of watching. Um, and so it's all up there. Awesome. And I just want to give one final thought to, uh, to the people listening. Every time you back Itchy's book on Indiegogo, an SJW will scream into the void. So uh, <laughs> just bear that in mind. And, uh, and yeah. they've still got time having the Itchy as of, uh, as of right now. And, and as we're live, there's, there's 10 days left. Yep, uh, there's 10 days left. So there's lots of time. Um, and, you know, lots of time to purchase a copy. And there are discounts if you buy multiple copies. So get to it people we uh we circle the wagons in the fandom menace and we're, and we're all right behind you on this project and, and personally i can't wait to uh i can't wait to see the final the final product itself it's so it's already causing a stir on the other half of the fandom which is fantastic for your marketing i mean uh, <laughs> yeah pablo's my marketing department you are living rent free in pablo's head as as in the design on your <laughs> your front cover exactly. brilliant <laughs> well, Itchy, it, this has been absolutely awesome. I've enjoyed it so much. I've been such a fan of your your Twitter and your blogs for a long time. So, um, yeah, I've enjoyed talking to you, man. It's been great. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Good stuff. Thank you, man. And thanks to everyone in the chat and everyone listening to the podcast. And I will catch you all soon. Goodbye, man babies. Later. Later.